0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by Winbed. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to PrizePicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to bettorfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store Oh, we have flipped the calendar and we have reached the culminating weekend of the college football regular season slash championship Saturday. Oh, it's getting good, including the coaching carousel. My Lord, the news, the bombshell news, whether it's Lincoln Riley to USC, whether it's Brian Kelly who could still be involved in the college football playoff if he wanted to be the Notre Dame coach, deciding, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to go to LSU in the SEC. And now the Oklahoma and Notre Dame jobs are open. we got to sort all of this stuff out. we got to talk underdogs, college football, championship Saturday, and even maybe the NFL as well. Proud to do it. Happy to do it. Hopefully you got enough to eat on Thanksgiving and all is good wherever you are. Thank you for finding us. Reminder, whether you found us through a social media link, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, Whether you found us on the app, the SGPN app, just subscribe. It's the easiest way to get the content here. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. We're out on Thursday. We stay relevant for the weekend. Subscribe away. Love to have you aboard. We had six more successful underdogs last week. Brian Edwards was hot. I was hot. I came up not only with the Oklahoma Sooners sneaking in with the cover in the Bedlam game, but also the outright win by the Denver Broncos. So, We've done well with the underdogs throughout the year. That's why I want to be in on this podcast. As I mentioned, Brian Edwards' name, he'll be with me in just a moment. He's got some thoughts on the coaching carousel as well as underdog plays for this weekend uh, coming up. Later on, some no-huddle underdogs. will get more insight into the USC coaching search. Matt Zimick is with me from the USC Trojans Wire website. They've gone berserk with their content as suddenly Lincoln Riley is now the USC coach. We'll talk more with Matt about that, and we'll see if we sneak an underdog out of him. Gary Seegers will also be here uh, with us as well as part of the underdog coverage in college football's championship Saturday. Gary with the Winning Cures Everything a weekly show. The uh, He and Chris Giannini do a great job on that show, the show and podcast uh, that they have. Gary is also the BET U.S. college football host as well. A little gambling advice, a little underdog advice from Gary a little bit later on. He's based in the Mid-South. I look forward to talking with him. Uh, about the college football for this weekend all right very good all of that done let's say hello to senior handicapper vegas insider MajorWager.com, proudly now supporting billy napier as the new coach of the florida gators i say proudly he joins us back again on three dog thursday how are you my friend And, and especially smiling after a win over florida state with an interim coach to close out the regular season how are you brian edwards
2: I'm doing well. Yes, that would have been uh, hard to taste if we had lost to the Knowles. Um, I was initially, or you know, I wanted Lane Kiffin. You know, the Florida we've done Zook, uh, Must Champ, and McElwain, who had three combined head coaching uh, years of head coaching experience. All group of five, all Colorado State for McElwain. Those three were Jeremy Foley hires that that went went south, and I'm. You know, Florida's a pressure cooker of a job. I feel like you need somebody who's been in there with high-level experience at that level that's dealt with pressure cooker environments like the Raiders in the NFL or USC or Tennessee or uh, Alabama OC like Lane Kiffin. So that's what I wanted. Um, Napier, I think he'll be a great recruiter. I I think he'll be good. I just – I questioned some of his clock management decisions – I thought he got out coached by Terry Bowden last Saturday, um, but I'm on board.
0: I'm yeah, on board. And, and interesting, Lafayette is in their championship game in the Sun Belt playing the game at home, uh, with, if I have this correct, with Appalachian State uh, for the matchup, and Napier's going to coach the game. In some of these situations, the coach goes ahead and leaves, but Napier's going to coach the game for this weekend as we tie it to it, and that's going to lead us right to an underdog. You're anxious to see what happens here.
2: Yeah, so I think the oddsmakers have made a brutal mistake here. In, you know, and you never know how teams are going to – and we, we always get so many ball games where you've got so many teams that are playing without their coaches, interim coaches, you know, and those interim coaches or, or the interim head coach and the rest of the staff are also trying to find themselves a job for next year. And so you can – you know, it's kind of hard to always, you know, gauge how those teams are going to play. Are they going to even show up? Are they motivated, et cetera? But it, I don't think that's the deal here with with all, Lafayette. <clears throat> I don't think his players are bitter at him. In fact, I think it's the exact opposite. I think they're appreciative of him for turning down South Carolina and Auburn um, in last year and sticking with his guys. And now he's got a great job. I, th- I don't think they're bitter. I think they're happy for him. And I think they're appreciative, A, that he's sticking around for this game. Now, he's not going to do the bowl game. So this is their chance to send him out. And they're a three-point home underdog to Appalachian State, who they beat at this venue at home 41-13 to 13 in a Tuesday midseason game early in the year.
0: So how do we explain this then? I mean, they're both in the championship game. And, and why would Lafayette at home not be favored here? I see you shaking your head because I can see you on video. That's strange.
2: It is strange. And I mean, look, UL Lafayette does have a couple of injuries, um, not really any new ones, though. They've I mean, they've had a couple of O linemen, but they've been out for like, you know, three, four weeks and they, they've won 11 in a row. And let me give you some underdog stats on Napier uh, during his four year tenure at Lafayette um, or they're called Louisiana now. Um, mm-hmm. He's 11, 4 and 1 against the spread with seven outright wins and 16 games as underdogs. They've only been home underdogs twice. They won outright both times. Again, the App State game earlier this year. And Levi Lewis, check out these career stats 8,723 career passing yards, second school history behind who?
0: On Lafayette, I can't even think off the top of my head behind who?
2: Went to a Super Bowl one time.
0: Still a blank. Jake DeLone. Oh, Jake DeLone, Jake the Snake. Very good.
2: Yeah. So second in school history and passing yards, 72 to 18 career TDI and T ratio, 971 career rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. we got the QB advantage. We've got the head coaching advantage. We got the home Mm. field advantage and we're somehow catching points. I like Lafayette to win outright, get you a little plus 125 money line, but obviously more on them plus the three.
0: And again, in all of the mayhem, that will be in the middle of Saturday afternoon for Lafayette and Appalachian State uh, while App State, while we clarify, because the the Alabama-Georgia game will be kicking off right around the same time uh, there, as well as the Houston-Cincinnati game, which we're going to get to in a couple of moments uh, of interest and intrigue. So interesting there. Give give me a thought, because the other guests are going to say the same thing. Since last we talked, the carousel has been wild. Nobody had the name Lincoln Riley To USC before it was announced Sunday during the NFL game. Suddenly the word leaked out that he had taken the job and he was headed to Los Angeles. And absolutely nobody had Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, not for the NFL, but for LSU. What a wild 24 hours. And how about this? Your former Gator, Chase Armstrong. Uh, uh, Trace Armstrong both. who has yeah. been the agent for both and has been a long time uh, NFL and college coach agent he brokered both deals and, it, and it's very apparent to me it was Lincoln Riley doesn't want the LSU job but hey LSU I got Brian Kelly for you and and Trace Armstrong's the guy for both
2: yeah and um You know, the OU fans had a little bit of a heads-up that he might be leaving, but they thought it was for LSU, not USC, whereas Notre Dame fans are completely uh, blindsided. Uh, And, you know, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Notre Dame not only has a chance, they have a good chance of getting into the playoff. And what if Notre Dame goes after Luke Fickle, and would he be willing – To leave Cincinnati. And if so, how awful would that look for college football if two of their four teams don't even have their head coaches? I mean, and what happens if we go to a 12 team format? Are we going to end up having some playoffs where four coaches are gone? I mean, like, this is wild. And, um,
0: it's crazy. Well, and, the, and the fickle stuff. scenario, the fickle scenario uh, at leaving Cincinnati for Notre Dame seems very logical and very realistic that if they win, Notre Dame would want if they win this weekend, Notre Dame would still want an answer from him. Are you taking the job or not? Because if you're not, we're going to hire somebody else over the course of the next two or three weeks, especially with the signing period, the early signing period coming up. You're absolutely right. We could have Brian Kelly vacate the Notre Dame job and Luke Fickle win this game this weekend and not coach Cincinnati in the playoff and take the Notre Dame job. That's not unrealistic.
2: And here's another one that's not unrealistic. If anybody has the same moral fiber of a Bobby Petrino, it is Urban Oscar liar. (laughs) <laughs> and if anybody in the nfl would pull up a trino and leave mid-season and put a uh have the staff put a little stick it note on their locker wishing them the best and blazing it would be oscar Lyer if notre dame were to come calling for him
0: well he is he has said earlier this week to the jacksonville media for what it's worth i'm not coaching college football anymore but if if his uh, mouth's moving his he's lying <laughs> And he has written in a book previously, his all-time dream job is the Notre Dame job. And he had a chance to take the Notre Dame job before he took the Florida job. Remember, Notre Dame was on the look, and Urban Meyer took because they had fired Tyrone Willingham. He took the Florida job, and Charlie Weiss ended up as the Notre Dame coach back when and back in the day. So there you go on that one. All right, Uh, so on the carousel, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, You are, you are not taking it, but I'm very interested in Houston getting a lot of points at Cincinnati to at least keep it close. Uh, That's 11 straight wins for the Houston Cougars. You've got a couple of nuggets. You're not taking the Cougars plus the 10 or the 10 and a half uh, here in this, but I I think they could keep it close with Cincinnati.
2: Well, I'm keeping my eye on it. If, you know, if there would be some line movement to make that number a little bigger, I'm I'm not going to rule it out. Um, I definitely think it's Houston or pass. And, you know, Clayton Toon has played great football lately, Uh, 19 to two TDI and T ratio in his last seven games, 22 to three in his last nine games. And in six of the last seven games, he's got 18 touchdowns and no picks, but he had the one, uh, he had the one game uh, against Memphis where he had only one touchdown and two picks, but yeah, they are playing terrific. Now. And what I was trying to, you know, figure out if I wanted to play them, you know, if you want to nitpick their 11-game winning streak, um, you know, they did not have to play UCF and Cincy during the regular season. So, uh, and then really the only other good teams uh, in the conference, they beat East Carolina in OT, and they got that kick return to beat SMU by seven. The rest of the teams are kind of garbage, but Cincinnati's been playing them as well. So, I you know, I don't know if that's
0: – well, and, and as you mentioned, the kickoff return was dramatic to beat SMU. And, and if you're comparing scores, it was recent. Cincinnati annihilated SMU in this environment at, uh, at Nippert Stadium on their campus. So let's see what happens here. Again, it's a magical moment for the Bearcats. Uh, they've, they've been in this situation before uh, where they were uh, with Brian Kelly as the coach. They were able to get into the Sugar Bowl with the Florida Gators uh, as an unbeaten team. They've got a chance to now finish undefeated. And I believe project for me, because we won't talk before we see it Sunday. If they win this game, no matter what else happens, they're going to be in the four <laughs> spot minimum as an unbeaten team. This The college football playoff selection committee will not leave them out. If they win this game, do you agree with that? Brian Edwards, Vegas insider, major wager.com. I think I do. I
2: think I do, but they, they might as well, they, they might as well be rooting for Georgia though, just in case. And they, uh, probably are rooting for, um, who am I? Uh, well, Iowa to beat
0: Michigan or Baylor to beat Oklahoma state. Right. But I, but they probably in. but they go ahead. Let's go at it from this approach. I believe Michigan will be in with a win, even in front of Cincinnati, just because it's Michigan and the wins at the end of the year will have been against Ohio state and against Iowa. And you believe that more, that's more (laughs) viable, even with a loss. But Oklahoma State out of conference schedule is garbage. I don't think a one loss Oklahoma State team, even with a big 12 win, is going to get in in front of an unbeaten Cincinnati. I just don't I don't see that. So <laughs> I, I think I think for Oklahoma State, they've got to have a couple of losses, Alabama to lose to get out of there, and maybe Cincinnati or Michigan to lose to get out of there. Otherwise, bet the the mortgage, Bet, bet the farm that Notre Dame will slide into that top four, too, even with an interim coach, it, because it's Notre Dame for television eyeballs. If we get an Alabama loss, if we get a Michigan loss to boot them out, Notre Dame is going to more than likely be in. They've got them positioned right there. We'll see.
2: Yeah, and that'll be uh... – <laughs> That'll just be wild uh, that he... Uh, wait,
0: wait for the screaming if that is the case. A lot of football still to be played, and let's see what happens. Uh, I think we're both in agreement now as we move to the Alabama-Georgia game. This is the game that there's going to be some anxious moments, particularly if the tide that had been the Houdini tide at the end of games. If they find a way to win this game, there's going to probably be two teams, most likely from the SEC, that make it in. We saw that a couple of years ago when Alabama lost uh, in this situation and still got in uh, for the college football playoff. All right, so are you looking at the tide for three dog Thursday purposes against the Georgia Bulldogs and and potentially why, Brian Edwards?
2: Yeah, I I lean to the tide, and if it gets to seven, I'll have some on him. It's not a huge play, but, you know, by any means, because they've obviously got O line issues. They've got um, they've got injuries at the running back position. Uh, I haven't looked to see if Brian Robinson was able to practice yesterday. What the latest is with him. Um, but they, they have big time, uh, issues at running back with all their injuries and right. their O-line has been awful, got dominated, uh, by Auburn for the you know, most part of that game. But, you know, when I look at this matchup, there are, there are some, there are some really good things going for Alabama. A, or, or first of all, I put a ton of stock in when I'm breaking down one game, who's got the better quarterback, who's got the better head coach. Now, Kirby may have surpassed Saban in terms of being the recruiting giant of of the country. I mean, I'm sure it's close to even or whatever. But in-game, Saban handily has the advantage in-game coaching. And Bryce Young is way better than Stetson Bennett. So that's a good start. That's a good start. And then, you know, Alabama has not. Lost to Georgia since 2007 when Stafford threw that uh, touchdown pass in overtime uh, at Bryant-Denny. So there's a long, you know, hex, uh, a big monkey on the back, if you will, for Georgia going up against Bama. And Alabama has not been an underdog since going to Athens in 2015 and dealing one out 38-10. to Now, some books close that at Pickham or even Alabama minus one with some late line movement. Georgia was favored all week. And so the underdog spot before that, you got to go all the way back to 09. I was there in Atlanta. Bama spanked Florida uh, 32 to 13 in the SEC championship game. So only two underdog spots in 12 years. So, you know, when you have a team that's in an unfamiliar role, um, they usually are in that role, unfamiliar role for a reason. They're normally not seven point underdogs. So, I'm leaning Bama, but again, Georgia's in great form been dominating everybody. I'm not going to have a tr- a truckload of money out there against
0: them. So two, two points. We have seen Alabama now in dramatic game after dramatic game. They lost to Texas A&M in a close dramatic game. They pulled out the LSU game, a game where LSU played tremendously well, especially defensively, to give them problems. And now a dramatic game in the Iron Bowl with Auburn. So it just makes you wonder they're more tested, they've come through it a couple of times. Georgia has not been in a cliffhanger game basically going all how the way. They, how are they going to the gonna Clem- react in a, Yeah, in a all the way back to the Clemson opening game. They really haven't been tested in the fourth quarter or at the end. Isn't there some merit to Alabama's been there before if it's close? Yes?
2: Yeah, for sure, absolutely there is. And uh When is the last time a Nick Saban team was thought to have very little shot in a game? You know he loves that. He loves that. And so his boys will be ready to play. Believe that.
0: I agree, and I'm looking also at Alabama here in this spot. I've worked a couple of their games, their their blasting of Ole Miss, and then that close game with LSU that they pulled out at the end, getting the stop at the end. And again, we don't know as we head to the weekend and we're releasing the podcast, if Brian Robinson can't play the running back, that affects their run game. Obviously, Bryce Young, the quarterback, is tremendously mobile, but it's going to hamper them if they can't run the ball on Georgia. Uh, And it's another factor, too, that Jamison Williams got ejected in the first half of that yeah. game with Auburn. And he Absolutely. is as explosive as any player in college yep. football. And they may yeah. find some creative ways to get him the ball on a reverse on, on a jet sweep or whatever, to help make up on that running game. And that guy wasn't yeah. there and they still found a way to come back and beat the Auburn Tigers. Yeah. A few more moments, they, Brian Edwards, com. What else? Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. They would have not had zero points in that game uh, early in the fourth (laughs) quarter if Williams had not gotten ejected.
0: I I totally agree. They're a different offense uh, with him, and we'll see. It's going to be some atmosphere in the Georgia. I've already seen, I've been looking, lower-level tickets, $2,500, $3,000 a pop right now to try to get in there, and that's not even close to Saturday yet at the time that Brian and I are taping. We're almost done uh, here Uh, You do have an NFL underdog that you're looking at and you like, in addition to the college dog information. Give me something on the NFL. What do you like and why?
2: Yeah, Patriots plus three at Buffalo Monday night football. Uh, The Pats have won six in a row, both straight up and against the spread. Five of those wins by margins of 18 points or more. They've won seven of their last eight. The only loss being the overtime game uh, with Dallas. Um, I would take the Patriots right now, as hot as they are, I would take them as underdogs, even on the road against anybody in the NFL. And why
0: why do people. you believe it is now turned around for a six-game win streak after they lost the first four games at home? Why do you believe this has turned around? Maybe it's a couple of reasons. <sighs>
2: well... Um, Let me interject.
0: Clearly, Mac Jones is better, right? That's got to be one of them, right? Sure.
2: Yeah, that's where I was going to go first. And, um, you know, Belichick teams normally improve as the season goes, last year being the exception, but they had erratic quarterback play last year. They're getting solid quarterback play like they got for 20 years with Tom Brady. Uh, I'm not, well, I shouldn't compare Mac Mm -hmm. Jones to Tom Brady right now, but you get the picture. And, uh, man, their defense has been lights out. Their defense and opportunistic.
0: My, my thing is they've yes. been opportunistic because you look at that Titans game again, it followed the same MO where the game could go either way. And they strip the backup running back of the ball and get a fumble. And then they get a Ryan Tannehill interception uh, in the end zone Two killer plays uh, that, that really, they have been very opportunistic with the turnovers. They, they are saying to the other team, we're going to let you make mistakes that we aren't going to make. That's the Patriot way too.
2: Yeah. The last four games they've only given up. 20 points that's uh five points per game um and look if they don't let tennessee bust that little what was it like a 70 yard touchdown run on a draw play they're trying to run the clock out and, and he busts that one you know if not for that uh they've given up 13 points in four games so it's defense it's solid quarterback play and the best coach we've ever seen in nfl history
0: all right so you're going patriots on monday night football for an NFL underdog. It's going to be a blast with championship Saturday. Are we going to see Harbaugh get in the, uh, the playoff? They beat Ohio state. Are they going to beat Iowa? I mean, I'm not saying you got to make an official player. Are they going to get in the college football playoff year? Because if they do, uh, he's mended a ton of fences in two weekends, if he can get yeah. there, but wa- watch Iowa be a fly in the ointment in this game in Indianapolis, right? Sure. Just screw it up. Yeah, for Michigan. It-
2: it's the vintage letdown scenario, but I was only chance, but they've lived off this all year is getting special teams and defensive touchdowns, but yeah. they've started getting them wins. again here in the last couple of weeks. Um, whereas they weren't getting them and they're just, a, they're just so bad on offense though. I mean, they're not going to, be able to do anything offensively with those two pass rushers uh, that Michigan, well, we'll has see. To...
0: Michigan may have the letdown and it's going to be a wild environment. I was just in Indianapolis with the Buccaneers for the Colts game bonkers going crazy. It'll be going crazy now with the maize and blue and the Iowa black and gold for that game Saturday. We care more in the South about Alabama and Georgia and what happens there uh, in what should be a wild SEC title game in Atlanta. Brian Edwards is all over all of this. Go right ahead and plug away for all of your stuff. Uh, and where they find you on social media, where they can read you, etc.
2: Yeah, I read an article just about everything that's going on here in the coaching carousel yesterday on Major Wager that your listeners might like uh, to check out. And you can find me on Twitter at Vegas uh, B Edwards, all my content on MajorWager.com, all my picks at VegasInsider.com. If you want to follow the Major Wager uh, Twitter account, I, I'm often uh, tweeting trends and and whatnot. And that handle is at Major Wager Uno, U N O. Thanks as always, TJ. Enjoyed it, brother.
0: All right, my friend. I always love having you hanging with me and we get ready for championship Saturday. Brian, thank you. We appreciate it. Good luck with the underdogs as he goes with Louisiana, his new guy, Billy Napier, and goes with Alabama. Alabama in the SEC title game as an underdog, a rare opportunity there. We rock on here. We'll get some no huddle underdogs coming up on Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee. And Virginia, and we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon, the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today, get a special offer, get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app, visit WYNN.com. Bet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks, the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy is simplified by picking two to five players and the over under in their projections, and you can win up to 10 times your amount on any entry. Use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. bucks. It is you versus the projected numbers. It has tons of stats on prize picks, yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, all of that. Prize picks will also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron and combine that with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. They offer every sport you can think of from the NFL to college football, the NBA, college basketball, match Major League Baseball, Soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix has award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. PrizePix is a 4.8-star rated app, and has got rave reviews. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with PrizePix. It's just that easy. It's safe. They've got fast withdrawals. What are you waiting for? prizepicks.com promo code sgp 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to play bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit for PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free-to-play, Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash SGPN. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app.
1: The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now
0: continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. He is leading things off here as the no huddle underdog picks get going i love gary Seegers and chris giannini's winning cures everything show and podcast the man also it gets twice the fun every week with the bet u.s college football show that he hosts so he's got two different things winning cures everything you can find that at winning everything.com and on youtube under that name and on podcasts under that name and also bet u.s college football as well my man gary Seegers back aboard from the mid-south my mid-south brother from another mother, always good to have you. Uh, ready to talk a no huddle underdog, but ready to talk coaching carousel first. How are you, first of all, with the fam? Thanksgiving, surviving, and now we got championship Saturday.
3: We have made it. It is the end of the college football season. Of course, we still got a lot of NFL left to go, but uh, but football, I am, I'm whipped. It's been a long season. <laughs> it's been really. But other than that, the family is fine. Everything is good. We had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you and the family did as well. Uh it was nice to uh to relax for at least one day, eat a lot of food, watch of course the NFL and the egg bowl on Thursday. And uh and then of course we got into all the mayhem that ensued for Rivalry Weekend in college football on Friday and Saturday, which was bananas. And then, like you said, the coaching carousel, We oh. we can we can start off with that. Good. Let's begin. Break.
0: Let's let's begin right there. Okay. So everybody was stunned. I, I was just saying this earlier. Nobody had Lincoln Riley at USC. Nobody then had Brian Kelly at LSU. Gary, your th- make heads or tails uh, out of any of this. Assess it, including who do Oklahoma and Notre Dame potentially end up with. What are your thoughts, real quick? So let's start off with Lincoln Riley. Uh, I had been told from the people that I know in Baton
3: Rouge that Lincoln Riley was never really a thing. Right, that, that Woodward had reached out, but that it was and, and they told me that weeks ago that there's a lot of smoke around it and whatnot, but it there is nothing to it. Like okay. Riley had told them he was not interested. Easy, in
0: easy game. to say after he takes another job. Right. Right, right, okay, right. Of course.
3: Look at this. Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley both have the same agent. Uh That's Trace correct. Like you talked about. Uh this was a smoke screen. <laughs> Very easy, easy to see. I had been told Brian Kelly for LSU back in October I actually tweeted it out and I, I shared it back out yesterday
0: wow um, but it was October 18th I tweeted it and I was how like How did that stay hey, so quiet this weekend with them how did that not leak from the LSU end that they because, were somehow zero- I mean they did an amazing job of keeping that quiet right Yes but that's
3: that's what that Lincoln Riley smoke screen was all about right uh, I, I do believe that there was a a faction of people that had been And it's all media guys that are told one thing from certain agents. Hey, it looks like this is going to go down. Or, hey, keep your eye on Lincoln Riley to LSU and this and that. And you keep hearing it over and over and over again. And then people just take it and run with it. So one guy says, hey, I'm hearing Lincoln Riley down in Baton Rouge. And people go bananas on message boards, et cetera. And it just takes on a life of its own. So if you have got that going on, then you can keep the real stuff quiet and actually get those deals done that you need done. And we've seen this happen multiple times where guys pop up out of nowhere that you would not expect to take these jobs that end up getting the jobs. Now, have we seen two coaches from prime institutions like Notre Dame and Oklahoma take other big-time jobs? No. Uh, But we knew the level of job that we were looking at when USC and LSU came open. USC, when they decided that they were going to be a big-time power in college football again, we know that that is a... That's a Mecca, right? That is exactly what you want happening over on that coast. And if they are willing to invest, which it appears that they are, th- there's not a better job over there. But Lincoln Riley did not have one of those situations at Oklahoma like Nick Saban has at Alabama, like Kirby Smart has, where whatever you need,
0: we'll get it. We will fund it, and we will figure it out. He has think- that now at USC. Oh yes. That's the point. Oh, yes. He has that now at USC. So moving this along brian kelly to notre dame i'll put this out there on three dog thursday you've probably been saying similar things i know we're in the south we're slanted we're biased for these people going how in the world could he leave notre dame for lsu well there's two things dearth of talent and players and the fact that he's looked at ed orgeron and les miles who aren't going to make anybody forget an all-time great coaching list by any stretch of the imagination Both of them have national titles. If Brian Kelly wants to win a national championship, he obviously has a better shot at LSU right now because Notre Dame, he can't get over the hump. He can't, A, get into the playoff, and when he does get into the playoff, they can't get over the hump. I think that's what he looked yes. at, and the money yes. is more money, yes, but that's what he looked at. Gary, follow up real quick.
3: The So Brian Kelly leaving had to do with some of the same stuff, right? Uh, for years, they have tried to figure out how to, because Notre Dame the uh, the guys that run the school want their football players and their athletes to just be regular students. And it's not like that at the SEC. There is a different uh, uh, training situation. There's a different uh, food situation. Early on in Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame, he had offensive and defensive linemen that were missing, missing dinners because the, the food hall is only open for a certain amount of time. So after practice... You could either go eat or you could get your, uh, you could get fixed up after practice, right? If, if you uh, needed to go into the training room, if you needed to right. get wrapped up, you know, get uh, any kind of treatments done, it, they were missing meals because they could not make it to the food hall on time. And of course, at, at that point, they didn't have uh, money. They didn't have NIL, any of that kind of stuff to be able to go out and just get whatever they want. And so it became a real issue. They had offensive and defensive linemen that were losing weight during the season because they couldn't eat dinner and it was a whole different experience so they they got some of that stuff alleviated but he's been pushing for a new uh football facility like a standalone football facility they don't have one of those there uh all all kinds of i take that back they've got one he wants it bigger he wants it better he wants Right. All of these different
0: academically. This is the other thing that we keep coming back to. There are certain players he can't even talk to or bring in. And it's not because they're not academically eligible. It's because they're not Notre Dame eligible. The joke, the joke I had, if if he was truly in a recruits home, as the story goes on Monday night, when this, this all leaked out, that he was going to become the LSU coach. He was in a recruits home, apparently talking about Notre Dame. The family should have said to whoever it is, well, you don't have to worry about a 1550 on the SAT anymore to get into LSU uh, and and to be able to play on the football team. You have to worry about that at Notre Dame. And so I can understand that appeal as well, that there is a certain uh, level, high level of player on the field that academically can't get into Notre Dame, Duke, Stanford, some of these, some of these, um, uh, higher end academic schools and Brian Kelly was probably just tired after all yes. these years of having to say no to those guys. Obviously, Gary, there
3: are a certain number of academic exceptions, right? That they have or that they have allowed at Notre Dame, but it is not nearly enough, right? right. There there is a a type of student that fits at Notre Dame that you are going to be able to, to get in at Notre Dame and do whatever, but it won't be the the top of the top. You won't be able to reach a national title there. And Brian Kelly leaving basically lets you know you cannot win a national title at Notre Dame right now. Uh, I think eventually you can get there, but there are going to have to be things that, that are changed with uh, with that program across the
0: board. In order for them, if they want to change it, because remember now they had Lou Holtz who had all the success. They wouldn't, and Holtz was complaining about this 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and it did not change to to enough of an extent. So we'll see. Uh, Give me a best guess. We were talking Armageddon scenario in the previous segment with Brian Edwards. That is this Luke Fickle to Notre Dame, and if it's Luke Fickle winning his game Saturday and undefeated. I mean, you talk about a script that nobody believes—that Luke Fickle then would leave Cincinnati to be the Notre Dame coach in the whole delay here before the college football playoff. I can't fathom that Notre Dame will wait. Will say to Luke Fickle after he's won, "Hey, we'll just wait on you." He either you, wants the job now or not. What's your read, Gary Seegers? You don't believe
1: that?
3: There? You don't buy that Notre Dame would wait. You. I think they absolutely would wait. But Jack I don't Swarbrick. Think so. Jack Swarbrick looks at this as. This next hire is going to be another 10 to 15 to 20 year hire. If Luke Fickle is the guy, you wait it out. You absolutely wait it out. And you just wait because we've seen this before. Kirby Smart at Georgia. He stayed through the playoff with Alabama right. and then left for Georgia after but he that. Took,
0: but he took the job. He yes, took the oh, he job. absolutely took the job, but he stayed with and you can do that. But uh, you're not if, the head Fickle, coach in that, and I'm just going to counterpoint, you're not the head coach in that situation. You're true. the defensive coordinator. Luke Fickle's the head coach. I I just – I don't see Notre Dame waiting if they win and they are in the playoff. Now, if they win and they get snubbed Cincinnati for the playoff, maybe that's the impetus to leave even after a win. A loss – and that's going to maybe morph into an underdog – a loss by Cincinnati, that's a green light for him to take the Notre Dame job if they're not in the playoff. So it's just going to be wild. Uh, if this is the case, again, a few more moments, Gary Seeger's about to give me a no huddle underdog pick. I don't want to keep him too long because he only has so much voice <laughs> right now with all the shows that he's doing. If I say to you, give me an underdog this weekend, forget the carousel on the college football championship slate. Give me one that you like. What do you think? And why
3: I am rolling with Houston against Cincinnati and, and I don't necessarily know that they will beat Houston or beat uh, Cincinnati on the road, but ten and a half points is just kind of absurd right? That's a whole lot of points. I, I look at Houston and I think this is an incredible defense. that Doug Belk has put together. Uh, that is a name to watch out for with all these new hires, uh, going across the country, somebody that may leave Houston to go elsewhere, because I don't, I don't know that Holgerson has ever had a defense like this. So watch out for Doug Belk in all these coaching hires and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, if you look at some of the things that Cincinnati does not exactly do all that well, uh, they are number 116 in offensive plays per game. They they only run 65.3 per game. Now, they don't always need a ton of plays because they are incredibly explosive, et cetera, but you are not going to be all that explosive against this Houston defense. I mean, they are fantastic. If you look at just all the random numbers, uh, they are number 11 in defensive success rate allowed. They are number three in offensive field position. They take turnovers and they flip them over. They're number six in turnover margin. Houston is. Uh, you can make Cincinnati make mistakes. They have not played anybody this good since they played Notre Dame. And they've had trouble with a lot of teams that like to do some of the things that Houston likes to do, right? Uh, Clayton Toon, the quarterback for Houston, I think is an absolute stud. And he will have success against this uh, this Bearcats defense. I, I just think 10.5 is too much here. Uh, the amount of pressure that is on Cincinnati, along with all of the talk about whether head coach is going to go, sure et cetera. Certainly. There is a lot of stuff that they are going to have to work on blocking out, along with just staying focused on the game at hand. And even if there were no external factors, I still think this would be a tight game because I think Houston is a really, really good team. They are incredibly talented. Uh, They're number eight in net points per drive. Cincinnati is number three in that regard. Uh, these two teams are really, really good. And and 10.5, it's just too much. This looks like a a one-possession ball game to me. So I'm going to ride with the Cougars on this one.
0: I like this one a lot as well. Again, a Houston 11-game win streak. Dana Holgerson, 4-2 and ATS on the road this year. Large line, a lot of pressure. Let's see what happens in that matchup. Before you escape, Alabama (laughs) is one of your loves. The Crimson Tide, one of your loves, if not your love. What kind of chance, I'm not saying you got to take them for three-dog Thursday, what kind of chance do they have to make this a game with Georgia? And isn't there an argument, like I talked about with Brian Edwards again, referencing the previous segment, that Alabama's been in close games? They lost one with Texas A&M. They won one with LSU. They won a dramatic, crazy Iron Bowl in four overtimes last week. Georgia has not been in close games. Isn't there some merit to Alabama having come through in some close games if it is close? If
3: if you would like to go that route, sure. Okay, but if you sure. can tell me who's going to play running back for Alabama, I would certainly appreciate it because they have one scholarship running back that is available that's that's not injured. They have four scholarship running backs that are going to be out for this game. Brian Robinson might play, right. but at best, he's going to be about 50% because he's got a pulled hamstring, right? The other guys are just, they're out for the season, right? You, you got nothing back there. And, and the running game is not going to win you this game against Georgia, but you had to at least have a threat of that. Uh, I do think that there is a world where Jamison Williams and John Mechie and Ja'Cory uh, Brooks and all those guys, the wide receivers for Alabama, can find a way to have some success against the Georgia secondary. The issue is Bryce Young is not going to have the time to throw the ball. Like He's going to have to do a lot of dump-down passes and hope for yards after catch, and you're just not going to get that against these safeties and these linebackers for Georgia. Uh, if you took the the logos and the brands off these helmets, and you just looked at the numbers and just looked at these two teams, Georgia should be favored by double digits, and and that's the way that I would roll on it. Like I I think Georgia is the significantly better team, uh, and it's the fact that they're favored has nothing to do with the fact that they still view themselves as the underdog to Alabama they are going to destroy this offensive line on Saturday. So I I do have hope, right? On, on the US show, you will get to see me go through all the different levels of emotion, right? <laughs> I, will, I will discuss reality, and then I will discuss all the hope and all the things that could go right, and why could you really bet against Nick Saban as an underdog, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the the truth of the matter is that Georgia is just a significantly better football team, and this is one that they have had circled – for as long as you can remember, this is the game they've been pointing to and they have been prepping for it. Uh, I think it could get ugly in Atlanta on Saturday.
0: Well, we'll find out again. It's it's worth noting that Georgia doesn't have a win over Alabama going back to 2007. Nick Saban rarely in this spot as an underdog in the in the SEC title game or a college football playoff game or whatever the case is, big-time bowl game, we'll find out. What I do know is this man is money. The Winning Cures Everything show, he and Chris Giannini, the BetUS College Football show. Gary Seegers, plug away one more time before you're out of here. Oh, Of course, you can find everything you need to over at winningcureseverything.com.
3: You can find the Bet US College Football show on YouTube or the easiest way to get any of it. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GaryWCE. Uh, I post everything that you
0: need to find. Very easy. Love it. Love this man's insight. Uh, Promise me that I get you again as we get closer to all the mayhem with the college football playoff, et cetera. Always love being with you. Keep knocking them dead with your stuff. I appreciate it. Anytime. It's always a pleasure, brother. We do roll along. We do have more no huddle. And this is the guy. I cannot believe I landed the big fish. I cannot believe I reeled him into the boat with all that's going on with Lincoln Riley, my man, Matt Zimmick, who has been great to come on this podcast under all circumstances on Three Dog Thursday to talk all things college sports, etc. Anyway, and make underdog picks. He is right in the middle of all of the mayhem as part of the USA Today's Trojans Wire website. And Lincoln Riley taking over at USC, let's just say, very good for business, as we like to say in the South. B-I-D-N-E-N-S, business, uh, as we were talking about on the show last week. That's how we spell it in the South. Business is good because people are interested in this move. So Matt Zimmick is with us right now to try I, I pulled him away from the laptop from the upload from all the different stuff from all the stories for a few minutes at least anyway here at this stage good to have you glad to see that you're still coherent uh coming off a of thanksgiving weekend good to have you back thank you for doing this
4: sleep what's that what, i've never yeah. heard of it yeah so <laughs> so here i mean here's the thing tj we we're concluding USC still has a game at Cal this Saturday because it was postponed a few weeks from due to COVID. So USC does have one more game left to play, but like this USC season on just speaking strictly on the field has been an incredibly boring season. You know, it wasn't until November 6th against Arizona state that any USC game this year was in the fourth quarter with the trailing team having the ball having a chance to go ahead. Every game in September and October did not have a fourth quarter in which the trailing team, whether it was USC or whether it was a USC opponent, had the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead. Uh, so the games that were that dull and with with you know the USC just cratering one week after another in every Pac-12 home game, Stanford, Utah, Oregon State, UCLA, it was truly the worst home slate in terms of uh, conference game home field performances in the program's history. Now, USC won only one game in 1957 under coach Don Clark. It won only three games in 1991 under coach Larry Smith. It won only two games in 1950 under coach Jeff Kravath. Those were all bad seasons, but, even, but USC's home field conference games those years were all competitive. Like you go through the, the logs for those three years, uh the, the, the scores were like 20 to 12, 14-7. USC lost, but was always competitive. But this year, 42-26, 45-27, and then UCLA for the first time in the whole history of that rivalry, hangs 62, scores over 60 points against USC. So this season has just been so USC wasn't just bad, it was boring. And like that, you know, that there's that old saying. The only sin worse than being bad is being bad and being uninteresting. <laughs> right. And that's what USC was under Clay Helton and then under the interim coach. And so, after this absolute dud of a season, just the most boring season, not necessarily the worst season, but the most boring season I could ever remember for not just for USC, but for any major Power Five, you know, elite college football program, after these three months of just pure boredom. And the fan base being dead, we get Lincoln Riley Mm. and everything just instantly turns 180 degrees. It's a bit of spectacular thing to behold.
0: Not not a doubt in anybody's mind about that. So I have been waiting ever since you agreed to come on because of the insights you have to ask this question of somebody who knows the USC administration, knows Mike Bone, the athletic director and their moves, their thought process. How do you believe this ultimately came about Uh, because they kept it quiet, but how and why did this come about and come about so quickly and so quietly? Give me your very educated, insightful take, go.
4: Yeah, so I think there are two basic components to this, TJ. There's a front door component and there's a back door component. How did Mike Bone get in the front door with Lincoln Riley? It was Oklahoma's move to the SEC. Lincoln Riley did not like this. It's pretty obvious. I think everyone can see that Lincoln Riley enjoyed being on top of the mountain in the Big 12, being the big cheese. He didn't want to let go of that and have to go against Saban and Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher and the rest of the big hitters in the SEC. He wanted to be on top. And so... The the idea of going to USC where he can immediately gain that same position, displacing Mario Cristobal at Oregon, that appealed to him. So that was the front door because the Los Angeles Times came out with a report earlier this week that, you know, the conversations with Lincoln Riley's representation, his agent, you know, they were those talks were ongoing. So it wasn't just a last minute thing. Talks with his representation were long term. So Bone sensed when the SEC move was announced in late July. Hmm. Maybe I can make a long play for Lincoln Riley. If he's dissatisfied by this and bones instincts were correct. So that's the front door. And that's the first half, the back door, you know, sealing the deal. That was the month of November and the chain reaction of events. First, you know, you had Lincoln Riley being very standoffish uh, and sensitive with the media in Oklahoma limiting access, especially during the week leading up to the Baylor game, You know, he was he was he was very short tempered, uh, very curt, very abrupt. Um, Lots of talk about how the internal operations at the University of Oklahoma uh, were just annoying him. And he, he was just being very sensitive to every little small thing that was happening to him on a daily basis. So that kind of made him a little more unsettled. And then the final element to all of this is if Oklahoma had beaten Oklahoma State, Lincoln Riley would be preparing to coach in the big 12 championship game. So as soon as uh, Oklahoma lost bedlam to Oklahoma state and uh, USC's uh, assistant athletic director, Brandon Sosna, who's been, you know, he's Mike bones, right-hand man. He said he was praying for Oklahoma state to win that game. And it was one of the most (laughs) intense nerve wracking experiences of his life because if Oklahoma state won, they couldn't land Lincoln Riley, certainly in the next week. And just the flow of events, would not have been under their control. They wouldn't have been able to make that move that they made this past Sunday to get Lincoln Riley. So Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, that was the final piece of the puzzle. We would not be here now with Lincoln Riley as USC head coach had OU beaten uh, Mike Gundy, which you know has usually happened in Bedlam over the years. How
0: about that? Love the insight of Matt Zimmick. Follow him at Matt Zimmick, Z-E-M-E-K, on social media, trojanswire.com. Uh, is where you find him uh, through the USA Today's Trojan Wire website for covering everything USC and all the Lincoln Riley stuff. They have got amazing content almost daily on Lincoln Riley's assistance on the recruiting. They just got a huge recruit, uh, quarterback recruit that committed to them. Read all about it through the Trojan Wire website, uh, through USA Today, through what Matt uh, is doing. Something that I want to cover along the lines of what you have been saying here, though, too, is the agent. We talked about this in the last conversation with Gary Seegers, the agent for Lincoln Riley, Trace Armstrong who also is Brian Kelly's agent, and Gary Seegers, our colleague with the Winning Cures Everything show and podcast, put it right out there, the word smokescreen, that the smokescreen was Lincoln Riley LSU when all along Trace Armstrong had been talking with Mike Bone or the right-handed man that you were talking about uh, over the last week or two to get Lincoln Riley there. And that the backup from Trace Armstrong was I got the bombshell that Brian Kelly wants the LSU job and LSU wants Brian Kelly. That's how it all uh, worked out from your standpoint. Just one more real quick. How amazed are you that Lincoln Riley's name didn't leak from the USC end anyhow, anyway, how impressed are you that that name never leaked and suddenly boom, bam, there it was Sunday. He's hired.
4: So what does this tell us? What is, what's the big story here? It tells us that Mike Bone is an elite athletic director. You know, we were all waiting to see what he would do, how he would fare under this enormous pressure. I mean, you know, the stakes of, the, for, of this move weren't just massive for USC. They were massive for the Pac-12, which has been away from the college football playoff for several years. It's going to miss the playoff again this year. Like Mike Bone needed to make a hire that would get USC into the college football playoff, but along with that, would get the Pac-12 into the college football playoff. So he knew all the stakes, and, you know, everything that was riding on this move. And we didn't know, like, you know, he he had been at Colorado, he had been at Cincinnati, and you know, he hired Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, so that was obviously a good hire. But at Cincinnati, with all due respect to the Bearcats, and of course, the Bearcats should be in the playoff. They deserve to be in the playoff if they if they win out. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati football is not the same as USC football. And Mike Bone made a very impressive uh, women's basketball hire. He, got, he convinced Lindsey Gottlieb to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers. She could have coached Evan Mobley. Uh, he, he convinced her to leave the Cavs and come to USC to coach the women's basketball team. But again, women's – you're not remembered as a USC athletic director based on your women's basketball hire. So, like, we had seen Mike Bone make some really good as, and astute chess moves – but not with the USC head coaching hire. We were all waiting to find out what Mike Bone was truly made of in this supreme moment. And he doesn't just hit a home run. He hits a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth in game seven of the World Series. And of course, the added detail here, TJ, he poached the coach from the school with what is rightly regarded as the best athletic director in the United States, Joe Castiglione. I mean, people generally would tell you In in college sports administration, that Joe Castiglione is the best, the best of the best among college athletic directors. You know, Barry Alvarez of Wisconsin retired recently. He and Castiglione were basically regarded as, you know, 1A, 1B, the two best ADs. So Mike Bone gets the, the elite coach from Joe Castiglione's backyard. So, like, that is, as I wrote earlier this week, this is USC's Walter White to Heisenberg moment (laughs) mike bone is now heisenberg he is the one who knocks he is the danger like Uh. and he's like everyone respects mike bone now everyone respects him in a way that they never respected him before that's really the big story here
0: listen to my man put the breaking bad reference out there as part of that uh as well Love the insight of Matt Zimmett could go on and on, but we got to get out of here with a no huddle underdog pick from championship Saturday. Again, the PAC 12 title game is Oregon, Utah. I know you're not going that direction. Are we going to at least get a competitive game? Give me 30 seconds because it was a blowout in the first matchup a couple of weeks ago where Utah 86, any chance for Oregon to end up in the college football playoff by beating them for a second loss. Is it at least going to be a competitive game real quick? And then I want the game that you are going to pick.
4: Yeah, it will be competitive because it's not in Salt Lake City, Oregon, you know, that and that memory is so fresh. Oregon's going to come out, you know, very passionate, very fierce. Oregon's not going to get dominated at the line of scrimmage. I still think Utah wins because Oregon is banged up and it's a short week for Oregon. Oregon played Saturday. The game's on Friday. Utah played on a Friday. Utah has one more day of rest. I still think Utah wins, but I think it's going to be very close.
0: Good points on all of that. So, if I say to you, championship Saturday underdog, where are you going and why, real quick?
4: Wake Forest, which is still, uh, as of this recording on Wednesday afternoon, a field goal underdog to Pitt in the ACC championship game. Uh, Reason why, I mean, I thought Wake, I had Wake all along because, you know, Pitt just still has that step on a rake. Quality, You remember Pitt uh, was a was a favorite against Miami at home and allows 38 points. And just, you know, it was a classic Pitt game. So like that Pitt DNA of playing that bad game in a big spot, that's still there. But then the other recent development is that the flu bug is going around Pitt. And so I'm really shocked that and that that story broke uh, Wednesday morning. So I'm surprised to find that the line hasn't moved significantly right if wake is still a three-point underdog wow i mean i gotta i gotta i gotta jump on that barking dog
0: Dave Clawson's offense has been phenomenal. And again, this game is, it's the ACC title game. It's going to get lost in the swath of everything happening with Alabama, Georgia in the afternoon. Simultaneously, obviously Cincinnati trying to finish the perfect season with Houston. Also playing at 4 Eastern time by design. ESPN sticks that game uh, right up next to the SEC title game. And then obviously Michigan playing for a playoff spot with Iowa will be that night. So we'll see if uh, if the ACC is sneaky good, but Matt Zimmick likes him some Wake Forest in, uh, in this instance. Listen, I always love the insight that you give me. Plug away to the audience. If they want more on the almost hour-by-hour hour, what's going on with Lincoln, Riley, and USC, fire away on where they can find out more from you, your team, and the great work.
4: Yeah, so on the web at trojanswire.usatoday.com. And folks... We are your Lincoln Riley world headquarters. We've, we've done, we're recording this podcast on, on Wednesday afternoon. It might be released later, but like as of Wednesday afternoon, folks, we've done like 80 stories. We've published like 80 stories. The past seven hours.
0: He didn't say 18. He said 80, eight, zero, 80, eight zero. Story, 80 stories on Lincoln Riley since Sunday. Keep going.
4: Yeah, we're the hamsters on the treadmill in the watchtower, you know? We're just we're just going full speed, eating, drinking, all that stuff can wait. We're <laughs> just cranking out content because we know this is a big moment for our site. We also know it's a big moment for the USC readers who depend on us for complete Lincoln Riley coverage now that USC is going to be USC again. So, we're we're putting it all out there and we're also covering the undefeated USC Trojans basketball team. Which starts Pac-12 play Wednesday night against Utah. I know that TJ and we're going to have uh, you know basketball podcasting yep. when he's done with yep. the Bucks run for a repeat Super Bowl. After that finishes up in mid February in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, you know we're gonna we're gonna do college basketball coast to coast.
0: You got it. And
4: and we're gonna be ha- we're gonna have USC in the in the mix for the NCAA tournament. So we're also covering that. So like we're not neglecting USC hoops either. But like. We are your Lincoln Riley world headquarters. You want to come to us for that?
0: I love it. And go follow them at Trojan Wire on social media. Follow him at Matt Zimick, Z E M E K, uh, as well. Uh, TrojanWire.com, the USA Today website uh, from uh, USA Today's family of sites. They are on fire for Lincoln Riley and this hire at USC for the content. I always love it. Thank you. I appreciate you spending a few minutes. Go back and get five more stories up between now and the time the podcast is rolling out on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, Matt Zinnick. I love it.
4: Thank you, TJ. I really appreciate it.
0: And to close out the no huddle underdog picks, I am going to tap him once again to be on board. Jason Powers of the Powers on Sports podcast, because not only is he around me in the Tampa St. Pete Clearwater area. But he is slated to be in the ATL this weekend where we have SEC title game, Mayhem, Georgia, Alabama, and then on Sunday in the same building, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Have they righted the ship with a chance to really basically put the division away? Uh, All but put it away with a head-to-head matchup with the Atlanta Falcons the next day. Good to have Brother Powers back on Three Dog Thursday real quick for a no-huddle underdog underdog amongst other things. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Everything good? I did. We had dinner with with Dad and got a
1: visit with Mom that day. Everything was good. Didn't eat too much. Ate just enough. (laughs) And even better, Uncle TJ, I'm going to give you a good gambling story. So I was in a survivor pool, Uh and I was down to the last five. And my Thanksgiving was wonderful because of the last five, everybody but me took the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day against the Raiders. And once they lost, all I had to do was pick a winner on Sunday and I cashed the ticket.
0: Wow, congratulations. So did you win like a McDonald's Happy Meal or did you do a little better than that? On I think you probably did. I can see the smile on your face because I can see you right now on the video. I think Four- you did better than an extra value meal at McDonald's. Four digits. That's all I'll say. Mid mid four digits. So this means the next time that I'm around Jason Powers, that the (laughs) lunch is on you and it probably won't be the McDonald's drive through. So that'll be a good thing. Absolutely. Whatever you want to
1: get, Uncle TJ. I love that. that.
0: Uh, Give me 60 seconds on what we've been talking about. All show Uh, Lincoln Riley to USC. Nobody saw it coming. Brian Kelly to LSU double down. Nobody saw it coming. And now we have the mayhem of what happens with the Notre Dame hires specifically when they could be in the college football playoff mix. Give me a read real quick.
1: I think Notre Dame, the first call will be made is that the moment Cincinnati finishes their, their game Saturday, they're going to try to get a deal in place with Luke fickle. They may not announce it till after the playoff or till after they've been selected or not selected for the playoff that following Tuesday. That's where I think Notre Dame goes with the first call. If he says no, that's a great question. Do you offer it to the one of the coordinators? I don't think so. I think you maybe maybe Matt Campbell's in the mix. As far as Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, I think this decision for both these guys was about where what's the easiest easiest path to win a national title? Kelly, I think, goes to LSU solely because he says, I can get to the playoff at Notre Dame, but I don't think I can win it all at Notre Dame. LSU, mm-hmm. you can win it all at LSU with those athletes and those the less academic restrictions to get guys into school same with Lincoln Riley USC the path to the title is much easier out west than it is going to the rugged SEC where you're almost guaranteed to lose at least one game a year
0: as you and Texas go to the SEC all points well taken and stuff that we've been talking about here on those and then what does Oklahoma end up doing right carousel is not done sounds like Brent Venables maybe Maybe, uh, or is it a bigger name that we don't know? I mean, certainly yep. these two names for USC and Notre Dame, nobody, no, or USC and LSU, nobody had those two coaches as being in those two spots. We will, we, both, we will see.
1: You and I both know Matt Zemeck, who covers the USC. He didn't have Lincoln Riley. They, they did a great <laughs> job. Trace Armstrong, who represents them both, yes. did a great job keeping it quiet.
0: No doubt. We've been talking to Matt earlier in the show. We've been talking to Gary Seegers, who's got some insight in particular at Oklahoma uh, on what was happening here with Lincoln. And interesting that Gary had the name Lincoln Riley and the USC link uh, back in October that he put it out there and it's documented. But obviously he didn't have anything recently when all of the firestorm was that he's going to be the LSU coach. Welcome to the carousel and how that's going to work. I still keep saying on this podcast, Jason Powers, how crazy will it be if Cincinnati wins this American conference title (laughs) game, gets into the playoff, and you have a second loss for some combination of Alabama, Oklahoma yeah. State, Michigan, two of those three lose at least, yeah. that's going to slide Notre Dame into the playoff yeah. without Brian Kelly. Watch it happen. And and then does Fickle take the Notre Dame job while Cincinnati is in and while <laughs> Notre Dame is in the playoff? How crazy would that be if that becomes our scenario? Stay tuned on this. All right, so as I mentioned, you will be in the ATL. I will yes. be in the ATL as well. You're trying, I believe, to finagle your way into the game. I don't know that I can get my way into the SEC title game. I'm not paying mid four digits to get Me into the neither. SEC title game. You probably not either. No. What do you think? What do you think happens here just real quick? You don't have to take Alabama as the underdog. I want you to to focus in on an NFL underdog if you would. But what do you think happens here, real quick? Tide and Georgia? I think I think this is a very good spot for Alabama. All the pressures on
1: Georgia, you know, every I think Alabama being that they played some close games, I think they've been preparing for Georgia for three or four weeks. Not all the not all the game plan, but I think they've been doing a little bit every week for the last three, four weeks for Georgia. This could be Bryce Young's Heisman moment. If the offensive line can protect, if they can give him some time, he's still got plenty of weapons. You've seen him in per- person. Mechie, Jamison Williams, they got two good tight ends. Billingsley, if they can give him some time, he can do some damage, I think, in the passing game.
0: We will find out. And again, to the point that you were just alluding to, Alabama has been tested at the end of games. They lost one of them to Texas A&M, but they've won a couple of others with LSU in that dramatic yep. win last week. Georgia has not experienced this. If it yep. is close, if it's a one possession game, final minutes, et cetera, what happens if that's the case Saturday night? And what
1: did we what did, what happened last year? They put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hands last year and he didn't deliver. If Alabama can load up against the run and put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hands, can he beat that secondary? And I'm not sure he can. He's got a good play caller, a guy you and I both know, Todd Munkin, good yep. play caller, but can Stetson Bennett get it done against the exotic blitzes and all the schemes that Nick Saban's going to throw out there
0: Saturday afternoon. So there you go. Little college football. I'm looking at NFL underdogs. I'm about to go on the record here as we close out the podcast, no huddle underdog NFL pick, by the way, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the B U C C A N E E R S, go bucks an 11 point favorite at Atlanta coming off an Atlanta win in Jacksonville, Atlanta playing at home, what do I know? But that might be a little high. I'm not going to take the Falcons here, right? but that that one might be a little high for the Buccaneers going into this weekend.
1: Tricky game because the Bucks came off an emotional game last week in Indianapolis. Back to back road trips. You know, you just never know. And again, Atlanta's played better than we thought they were. We didn't think Atlanta would be in the mix this late into the season. So give Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan credit. They've kind of righted the ship a little bit. They didn't. Again, real quick
0: before we get to my pick. How is my man TC Martin doing? Is he still in fuego? So he had been in fuego, he hasn't been on the show because he lost <laughs> the Saints pick a couple of weeks ago at the Eagles, but he will be back. Okay. TC still though 11 of 13 on yeah, underdog. So he's tremendous. done very well, but tremendous. he has not posted uh in the last couple of weeks on this show. So you're kind of in his stead here. W- w- an NFL game that stands out for you if you got to go underdog on a no huddle underdog pick and real First, quick,
1: real quick I like Alabama plus the 6 in the college. So I like that. NFL, the team that's been getting killed all week. They were they got crushed last week in a, in a division game. The defense is getting killed. They're getting called out by former steel people in that locker room. Okay. Tomlin's not really not really defending the team. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, getting four and a half in a rugged rivalry. They always play the Ravens tight, no matter the records. I think four and a half is a little too rich in Pittsburgh. Baltimore's not been, been playing very well. Uh, Lamar Jackson's been struggling, coming off the illness, threw four interceptions last week. Very easily
0: could have lost. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the four and a half. Just keep it close at home. Yeah, and keep in mind too for the Steelers, uh, they have they have turned it on the last couple of years at the end of the year, and maybe yep. this is about to be the start of that. And there's still six more games to go for everybody, not just five more games to go. And that extra game may mean something for Pittsburgh here coming at the close. Call me crazy, but the L.A. Chargers are a team that stands out to me. So I went against the Chargers last week playing the Denver Broncos at home. But they have done well. Uh, coming East and Cincinnati off that blowout of Pittsburgh. I still, Cincinnati has burned me a couple of times against (laughs) the lions with a blowout against the Raiders with a blowout. But I think the chargers with Justin Herbert have a bounce back game. I only need them to win the game here. They're getting two and a half or three points, depending on on where you look out of the NFL card. That's the one that I like the best where I think the chargers can be opportunistic enough and can get this done In Cincinnati, yes, it's tough back-to-back weeks on the road, especially for a West Coast team coming all the way east for the second game into Cincinnati, but I will take a look at the Chargers plus the three in early game on Sunday for my underdog. Jason Powers, plug away for all of your stuff and the Powers on Sports podcast, if you would, sir.
1: Sure. Powers on Sports podcast, we put out a podcast every week. I just put one out on Wednesday of this week. We had one of your guys, Matt Zemmick, giving us a bunch of uh, USC details we had David Moulton from the Fox, uh, Sunday Fox. Troy works with Troy, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Works with. He'll be at the CBS broadcast crew on Saturday. Had David Moulton break down the game for us. So catch us on all the major platforms. My No Quarter Given podcast, which you're affiliated with. We talk all things Buccaneers and that week's opponent. We'll be having a podcast out this week with the Atlanta Falcons for the yep. second meeting. I will be in the building Sunday. Will you give me a wave if I'm able to find you on the sidelines?
0: Yes, you will be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll have to wave from the sideline for sure on <laughs> uh, the matchup with the Falcons. But, yeah, all great stuff. Powers on sports, wherever you get podcasts. And David Moulton has a great gig uh, yes. because he's right there with Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson, SEC CBS. On Sundays. Sundays, he's there with Buck and Aikman, right? Yes. Uh, for the Fox games uh, that come around. So that's great stuff get Jason's insight on everything that's going on, not just yep. in Tampa Bay sports, but everywhere else, including yep. uh, the college football carousel of coaches and the, and the championship games, Previews, all yep. that's, uh, all that's happening there. My friend, I always love it. Thank you for the insight. Great stuff. Absolutely. TJ.
1: Thanks for all you've done for me. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving with the family.
0: We absolutely did follow him by the way at JPO sports for Jason powers on sports, JPO sports to find him on social media as well. Powers on sports podcast. All right. So that winds it down off the no huddle underdogs. I am going on the record with Houston Cougars to keep it close with Cincinnati. I too like Alabama to keep it close. If not, maybe shock Georgia, that's two college underdogs. The NFL underdog again is the LA chargers. My thanks to Brian Edwards, the senior handicapper, Vegas insider, Love his insight. Love the insight of all of my guys on the no huddle underdogs. It was a pleasure to have Matt Zimmick with me, to have Gary Seegers with me, and Jason Powers, all picking underdogs and going over the coaching carousel. One more thank you to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, the SGPN app, They promote us. They push us. We love that. We love that relationship. Again, the easiest way to get this show, though, is to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. We're out on Thursday. We stay relevant through the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. If you love the underdogs, again, one more time, we had six of them come through last week. Four in college, two in the NFL. Let's see if it continues again for the first weekend in December. Championship Saturday as well in college football. And by the way, this time next week, we will know the final four for the college football playoff. Is Cincinnati in it? What combination of Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame is in it with them? We're going to find out all of that on Saturday. We'll be back to talk about it next week in the stretch run of the NFL as well. For now, we are done. Thank you for being with me. I am merely T.J. Reeves. Woof, woof. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.